kids, they have so much to teach us. I have an ever-growing appreciation for that. The more I experience teaching religion at our parish school, teaching confirmation prep for our teenagers, the one particular feature of the young that I've grown more and more aware of is a lesson for me and for us all. I'll let you know what it is coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley, and I'm grateful that you've tuned in for this hour of spiritual direction. This characteristic of the young that I think can teach us all a thing or two about life is a seemingly innate sense of when others are being authentically themselves. I find that when I lapse into trying to project a personality trait or presentation style, while they may not openly object, I can tell that they are less engaged. On the other hand, when I share realities from my life, be they joys or struggles, the kids tend to fall silent and zero in. Now, I'm not saying that kids can never be duped, but it does seem like they have an ability to, to sniff out inauthenticity, disingenuousness, and it turns them off. But open your true self up to them, and they are inherently attracted. And if they're not otherwise soured on adults by negative experiences, they expect people to be straight with them. They trust, and quite frankly, they deserve our genuineness, our authenticity. And when we give that to them, in my experience, they return it. They are open and authentic with us. Now, Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. As adults, we can become hardened and cynical toward others. Being prudent is one thing, but we can get into this mode of always approaching others with a degree of suspicion that they're trying to pull one over on us. How freeing it is when we find true friends with whom we can give and receive with 100% authenticity. Jesus, of course, calls his followers his friends, There's no doubt that there was no duplicity in him, in his relationships. He was entirely genuine through and through. But the question is, do I return the favor? In my prayers, am I really opening up the doors of my heart and letting it all show before the Lord? Or am I tucking away some things, hoping the Lord won't look in certain places? Is my prayer more like a personal diary or journal of my life? Or more like the snippets I post about myself on social media? Today on the show, we're talking about being authentic in prayer, how to open wide all the doors of your heart and be your true self in front of your loving Heavenly Father, warts and all, as they say. Our spiritual director today is Father Craig DeYoung. Father Craig is a priest for the Diocese of Austin, Texas, where he serves as a pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish in Austin. Good morning, Father. Welcome back to the program. Good morning, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. I always appreciate it. It's good to have you with us, and uh, when we're talking about being authentic in prayer, and, you know, I think, just to start things off with, I tell my confirmation students, as they're still growing, well, we're all still growing in prayer, right? But I tell them, you know, there's only one bad prayer, and that's a dishonest prayer. That's an inauthentic prayer. So what is it about authenticity in prayer that is so necessary, but so fruitful as well? 
Well, you know, I think um, authenticity has to do with the heart. I, I think about um, the phrase heart speaks to heart, and that's kind of been, for me, at the center of, of my relationship with God and, and of my priesthood. I even have it engraved on the, the bottom of my, my chalice from ordination. And it's been um, my experience that without um, humility and trust in the Lord, which includes vulnerability, um, and a, a basis in truth, then um, I'm not able to truly be transformed, to be to be changed, to be sanctified and made holy. And so if I desire to leave behind myself an old life and live the life of Christ, um, it can't happen unless the heart is engaged with the heart of the Lord. And, uh, you know, Christ's heart speaks to ours, but our heart also um, then in, in prayer must speak with the Lord. And I think those things... Um, you know, really mirror the life of the of the Trinity as well. Like you think about this union between divine persons of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, and uh, the vulnerability, the, the the trust between the persons. They are one God, three persons. Um, it, it creates intimacy, and so you can't really have intimacy without authenticity as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a vital part of the spiritual life. That's a great point, Father, that uh, intimacy requires authenticity. And if that's what we're seeking from the Lord, then it makes perfect sense that we need to be authentic with him. Still, at the same time, you know, as kids, whether, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a Protestant tradition and uh, we had rote prayers that we were made to memorize. And um, certainly that's true in the Catholic faith as well. I'm, I'm teaching religion, so I'm teaching my kids prayers that I ask them to memorize and that sort of thing. And I'm, I guess I'm just wondering if... Um, I don't know whether to qualify it as a danger, but at least there's the there's the opportunity that these prayers might become lodged in the memory, but never really engage the authentic self. And I'm just wondering how we can move beyond that and move into a place where um, it's not just rote prayers, but our, our very extemporaneous prayers, for instance, that are that have authenticity to them. They're authentically opening up our hearts to the Lord. Well, you know, it is, it's a both and, I think, because the, the rote or the memorized prayers, um, you know, allow for us to sort of have at times, um, I would say, a starting place or, or even, you know, in, in our lives and our relationships, there's things that we say over and over to each other that um, have meaning, but, but it, we have the same temptation that it just becomes a thing you say. You know, for example, if someone asks how you're doing and you say, I'm fine or I'm good. Um, that can become a, a rote sort of thing, or it can become a way of, of real relationship where you're really checking in on the person and say, how are you doing today? You know, how, how is, how has the day been? I really want to know about you. Um, or, you know, when you say to a spouse or a mother or a father, I love you, I love you too. Um, those are the same words over and over again. And yet, um, and they can become sort of a, a prescriptive thing, which you just do automatically without engaging it. But when we really think about what we're saying and, and what we mean by those words, it becomes something that is rich and meaningful. And, and I would say sort of memorized prayers are a similar sort of thing. Okay. Um, and we want to to try to stay um you know, engaged with what is the meaning of the words that we're saying and, and allow those words to be new when we say them. So, you know, I've prayed that our father, you know, I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of times by right. this point in my life. And yet there's always something sort of new in it and something that speaks to the moment or, or calls to mind some aspect of my relationship with God and with the Father specifically um, that is is purposeful and, and renewing and life-giving for me. And so it is so important that we have those sort of formal prayers 
um, that we are able to pray, even the prayer of the Mass, right? The prayer of the Mass is the prayer of, the, of Christ in the Church, and we have words that we're supposed to say that are prescriptive, and yet the meaning, the depth of the encounter has to do a lot with the intentionality and the vulnerability that we have um, in the moments of saying those prayers. Yeah, that's a good point. And obviously, the Lord himself taught us the Our Father, right? And so if he's going to teach us something that we're meant to engage with uh, with our Father in that, using that specific prayer, then obviously it's not a bad prayer to pray. And it's uh, and it's like you with you, Father, and the number of times that I've prayed it throughout my life, I'm, I find myself continuing to reflect upon the words. Now, that doesn't mean that I never, I'll be honest here, that doesn't mean that I never just rattle one off without really thinking about it. But, you know, in my better moments, um, it spurs a lot of authentic uh, reflection on it. And where does this particular phrase meet me in my life and uh, and what's going on in my life that needs this? We're talking about authenticity in prayer today, developing a relationship with God by opening up our full hearts, our true hearts, all of our hearts to our loving Heavenly Father with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. How do you strive to be authentic in prayer? Do you find it difficult in developing a relationship with God and being honest and open before God? Give us a call. Ask your questions. Join the conversation. Give us your testimony of being authentic in prayer. Our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or as always, you can send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Well, Father, let's let's uh, actually not just imagine, but let's assume that there are listeners out there who are kind of consider themselves beginners in prayer, not really knowing where to begin. Um, so, if one wants to get started in prayer, where would you recommend that they begin? Well, um, oddly enough, I'd begin with something that happens before you actually start praying, okay. which is, um, I guess, a a mindset shift or a heart. Um, sort of change, which is to decide that it's important, right? To, to say, wow, this is something that is important to my life, and it's not sort of an afterthought. It's not something that sort of, um, if I have time, it gets added on. It's not like you, you know, you give your leftovers to the Lord. You give the best of yourself and the start of yourself to the Lord. And um, I think that's really an important thing to realize, okay, yes, I, I know this is a part of my life, but I want this to be one of the most important parts of my life or the most important part of my life. Um, and then from there, I would say um, it's about simply asking God to help you um, to begin. I think asking the Lord for the grace and the help of the Holy Spirit to grow in your prayer life. Um, and even even in a certain sense to, to sort of um, ask the Lord to help you develop sort of a strategy you know, in terms of, of developing that life, to set aside a time and a place for prayer, um, maybe beginning by coming early to your Mass every week and spending a few minutes to prepare or spending a few minutes after Mass on Sunday um, to give thanksgiving or gratitude at the end. Um, but I think often the best place to begin with prayer is to be in the presence of the Lord. And so that might just mean simply making time to go up to your church and, and sitting in the church where, where the Lord is present in the Blessed Sacrament, um, and just setting some time aside, even if that's um, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes to start out, um, is a great place, just spending that silent time in the presence of the Lord, um, having a heart-to-heart with Him. Um, but, you know, memorized prayers have their place. You know, if you don't know the Our Father or the Hail Mary or the Glory Be, um, 
if you've never prayed the rosary, uh, those are great places to begin as well because it gives you a foundation and words to reflect on, engage the mind and the will to open your yourself to the Lord, um, you know, in those moments. Uh, but often, often with all of that in mind, uh, my favorite place is is just to begin with Scripture, um, to read yeah. the Gospels um, slowly and thoughtfully, and to let that become an encounter encounter with the Lord. So all all of those things are good places to start. I would say, where is your heart and mind drawn? What thing sort of seems um, attractive to you, and and let that be the starting point. Mm-hmm. I like what you said about deciding that it's important and, and specifically asking the Lord and helping you to develop a strategy for prayer. Um, that in and of itself, that's putting you off on the right foot when it comes to authenticity, right? It just seems like there's uh, there's this opportunity at that point to be honest with yourself and to say, hey, God, I, I don't necessarily have it all together here. I'm not sure I know what I'm doing. I remember you talked about praying the rosary as I was becoming Catholic. I remember really fumbling through my first rosary as I'm trying to learn the prayers and say them in the right orders and meditate on the mysteries and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, it's uh, we've all got a place to start and we've all got a place to grow as well. You talked about turning to Scripture as well. And, of course, this is a very basic question, Father, but just remind us of why it's so important to pray and how Jesus models that for us, because we'll certainly encounter that as we're reading through the Gospels. Well, you know, I think, um, I think it begins with, uh, with humility. I think you've already mentioned it a little bit, is that recognizing we don't have all of the answers. We don't know how to pray as we ought. We, we don't know um, how to, to love God um, on our own or one another on our own. And so that humility is a place of um, then, well, who does have the answer? And we turn to the Lord to trust him, right? We recognize that Jesus is Lord. We recognize that he is the one who teaches us how to love God and to love one another and gives us the helps that we need to do that. And so uh, when we uh, go to Scripture, Scripture is, is God breathing, right? It, it's, it's a way that the Lord uh, breathes into us life. Um, certainly, you know, I, I think the way I sort of think about this by analogy is, is the sacraments, you know, baptism is sort of that font of living water that rises up within and, and quenches thirst. Um, yeah. The Eucharist is like uh, the heart pumping, right? Blood into our bodies and life. Scripture nice. is like um, the lungs breathing, breathing breath into the lungs. And so you kind of need all of those things uh, to live and to live well. And it all comes from God. And so scripture is a place that's sort of taking into yourself uh, that breath of God, the ways that he inspires, right? Inspire, uh, right? Like think about, um, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit has that, that breath of God. And I think often through scripture is a way that that sort of enlightens our minds and our hearts. It strengthens our wills. Um, but it enables us to have an encounter with the true God, not sort of a figment of our imagination or something that we sort of uh, make up sentimentally, but with, with a God who's real, who's a real person who challenges us, uh, who, doesn't, who loves us as we are, but doesn't let us stay where we are. Um, you know, Scripture is a great place uh, to really encounter the living God, and, and that's so necessary for an authentic relationship. But it begins with humility, recognizing we need the help and we need that encounter with God, and trust that Jesus um, is the one who will guide and teach us, um, that God will be the one who guides and teaches us uh, through that experience. And Scripture is a way to, of really staying close to, to the authentic God, the true God. Mm. 
And and that's just what we're talking about too. Is that if there's if Scripture leads us into authenticity, but it, it's I think it's important when we're in our, our ordinary human relationships, certainly that uh, when we're as you already mentioned, Father, that intimacy requires this authenticity. But on it's a two way street, right? And uh, I think sometimes we can, well, certainly I can, um, get my mental image of God going that maybe falters a little bit when it comes to a true representation of who God is. And uh, that can certainly direct our prayer life. But I think it's a great point that you make that as we're we're meditating on the Scriptures, then we come more face-to-face with the authentic God um, who has revealed, him su- revealed Himself to us. And uh, that has gotta, that's got to spawn some authenticity within us as well. Yeah, truth is is an important part of of I think both humility and therefore authenticity. Um, you know, I, I think you know we we get very caught up, especially in in this world, with sort of our our personal experience, our subjective experience of things, and we begin to think that our subjective experiences of things and how we feel about things is what makes them sort of true. Um, the Catholic perspective is very different. Like the truth is something that exists regardless of how I feel or think about it. And so we're discovering the truth of God. We're, we're, we're discovering the truth of who Jesus is. And that comes to us through what he has said, what he has spoken uh, in his word, you know, the word made flesh Christ himself. And that comes to us through scripture and through our tradition, right? Through, through the teachings of the faith, it's guarded and protected and taught faithfully by the magisterium of the church. And so uh, to encounter and be changed by the truth of God and to have that authentic encounter and humility and trust with, with the Lord, we do have to be in, in relationship, too, with how that truth is given to us through the church, through scripture and tradition, um, which then that truth changes us and it perfects our sort of subjective experience, our personal experience. And it helps, it helps that to be authentic, to be real, um, yeah. because it's grounded in truth, something that's, that's the way it is, regardless of how I think or feel about it. It's the mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. Talking today about authenticity in prayer and developing a relationship with the living God. I mean, what could be more enticing than that? A relationship with God himself that he invites us into and is looking for us to respond to in faith with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung, priest of the Diocese of Austin, Texas. If you have a way that you are authentic to God, maybe it's a specific point in your life that you're struggling to develop this relationship. You don't know where to go next. Or maybe you're just starting out and have questions about how do I develop a deeper relationship with the Lord. We'd love to hear from you. Our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is relevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break. we got lots more of the show to come and lots more advice on developing a relationship with God and being authentic before Him when we return. So stay with us. We'll be right back. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back. 
back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for listening today as we're talking about authenticity in prayer and developing a relationship with God. How are you doing in your relationship with God? Could you use some tips, some pointers on how to move deeper into relationship with the Lord? Whether you're just starting out or years, decades into it, I'm sure we could all stand to use a little bit of advice, some spiritual direction along our way, along the way, as we are receiving today from our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. Let's go to the phones now. Jonathan is calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Good morning, Jonathan. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Um, I wanted to call and touch base on um, my authenticity and love for God. Uh, I'm a convert. I'm pretty new to the faith. Um, every Welcome. day, God is teaching me to love Him more. And I, I want to share that with people. It, it's, it's almost contingent upon receiving God's love to just give it back, and it feels amazing. He's uh, slowly helping me pull the thorn from my side. I have many, um, dealing with sobriety for various things, but I, too, struggled with prayer, and I, I didn't really realize it. My pride got in the way. I said, you know what? I'm making the effort. I'm at Mass. I'm saying my rosary. But um, it, it was fruitless at points because uh, I had my pride in the way. I thought I could white-knuckle my way through life. And I, I was uh, having some trouble with sobriety. I ran to church. I, I got there as fast as I could. Um, it was at an off hour. Uh, fathers weren't available. But Deacon Frank was sitting in the back reading his book. He was there for me. God, God put him there. And... Deacon Frank gave me a pamphlet on how to learn the divine mercy and how to say that in my prayer and to really mean it, to, to give, give it to God and surrender entirely. Just let him carry the weight. So I got to go to my first adoration yesterday. It was divine. It was bliss. Um, it is something I will definitely try to integrate every week, if not more, um, I want to give thanks to everybody that's that's been so nice and just just loving. Um, I've experienced nothing but love when I'm going to church, and I want other people to know that you can you can fight these off. You can fight your demons off. It's spiritual warfare. It's not easy, but it's it's so worth it. It's it's so rewarding. Jonathan, I am so grateful that you called and, and shared that. That's an encouragement uh, to me, and I'm sure it is to many others. And um, in a real way, like letting go of, of the pride of abandoning ourselves to the Lord, uh, when we do that, that's the place where that true authenticity begins, and then the real work can take place, our, and the joy enters in. Right? We're set free um, through that authentic, authenticity, letting down our guard, taking off the mask, and encountering the Lord uh, truly heart-to-heart. And I am just very grateful to, to hear your story. It's a beautiful witness and testimony, and, and it is just life-giving. You want to share it with everybody when that happens. Amen to that. Jonathan, thanks for the call. Welcome home. Uh, it's great to have you as part of the Catholic family and grateful that you, um, well, you can just hear, Father, you can just hear in Jonathan's voice what I would, it sounds to me like authenticity, right? It sounds genuine. It sounds like he's um, really, like he said, growing in relationship and, and experiencing the love of God so powerfully in his life right now. Grateful that you called in, Jonathan. Thank you for that. And as authentic as Jonathan is in his uh, testimony there, Father, it's also possible for us to not just be inauthentic with God, but to be inauthentic with ourselves. Any comments on that? How, how can we be inauthentic with ourselves? 
Well, I think we already sort of, um, you know, tasted that in, in, in Jonathan's story is that pride often does that. We, we sort of want to estimate ourselves to be somewhere that we're not. Um, we think that I'm fine the way I am, um, that I, I don't need help or my problems really aren't as big problems. And, and we sort of, uh, we sort of covered up even within our own hearts. We, um, we don't want to admit that there's, there's things that we need growth in because that means in a real sense that we have to, to deal with them, that we're not perfect in those places and that we need help and that, and that I can't sort of just do it myself, that self-reliance, um, that is at the heart of pride. Um, and you know, I think sometimes we've, we get so in such a habit, you talked early in the show about being a, a child and, and how authentic they are. As you go from childhood to adulthood, you know, you start to put on that mask to show others something that's not your real self. And we sort of do that to ourselves as well. We sort of, um, show ourselves to ourselves the way that we think we are or want to be, but, uh, it's a lie, right? It's, it's, it's a delusion. And this is part of, of letting go of that pride, acknowledging our need for God and our need for change and our need for sanctification and transformation, um, that is so necessary to that transformation. But there's so many things that we put between ourselves, uh, and, and doing that, and uh, so the in, being inauthentic with ourselves, where we only think that we can present ourselves to God as already perfect, is a mistake. Uh, just as it's a mistake, too, to go the other direction, where we go to prayer and we think that, that we don't have to put any effort in, and we just simply, you know, um, sort of are, are there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. there's, there's kind of a combination of things uh, of cooperating with God's grace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what mental image pops to mind as you say that last bit, Father, is that, yeah, there's there's a there's a vast difference between two people who happen to be sitting next to each other, like, say, on a subway or on a bus or something like that, who basically are um, aware of each other's presence, but there is little to no interaction going on whatsoever. And say, uh, you know, a couple that's been married for decades and um, enjoys one another's company, even if it is just sitting in silence. And it seems like one is very descriptive and authentic prayer, the latter. And then the former is, eh, let's be honest, sometimes how we can approach prayer that, yep, I'm here, but not really engaged. Yeah. And I think the latter uh, as well is that that silent intimacy um, an authentic sort of being in, in one another's presence and love that comes from from the latter sort of relationship is fostered by the times that they speak to one another. If, if you yeah. simply sat in the presence of your beloved for the whole life and never talked to each other, <laughs> that would be a very, very different sort of experience. You have to foster intimacy through, through action, through conversation, through the challenges you face together and you endure together. Sure. Um, all, all of those things pertain to our relationship with the Lord as well. Um, now, this is a little different between human beings versus us and God, and uh, I'm sure maybe you have some thoughts about that. Any, anything you'd like to say <laughs> about that specifically? <laughs> well, how about this? I will, uh, I'll, I'll quote one of the callers that we had. He couldn't stay on the line because um, he, was, he was driving, and he said the road noise that he had was distracting. But um, a caller named Jim wanted to share that his meditation has helped him a lot in his prayer life, and he says that silence really helps me hear what God is trying to tell me and develop a deeper relationship with God. And I guess I would, I would, uh, yeah, I would, I would echo that. I would say that in my own life that there's been, um, the profundity of, well, Jonathan mentioned adoration, um, specifically times where I'm right there in the presence of the blessed sacrament and the Lord present to me in the blessed sacrament. Those times have become rich and fulfilling and, um, and even if it is just spending time gazing at one another, you know, it doesn't have to be a time filled with, um, 
filled with words. It can be, but um, I've really found that that's that's a uh, an overwhelming sometimes experience of the presence of God and just um, adoring Him. Yeah, it's, it's really contemplation, right? It's mm-hmm. a, a contemplative gaze. Uh, it's a, being in the presence of the one who loves you and whom you love and being seen by him as you are and loved as you are um, while looking upon him in his goodness, his beauty, his truth, his unity, um, all of those aspects of God and simply uh, allowing it to, to wash over you, to fill you. Um, and it engages everything. It engages um, sort of our sentiment, right? Our passions, our, our, our feelings. It engages our will because we're choosing and willing to be present and to willing God in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and our intellect as well, because we can, we can contemplate or meditate on aspects of the Lord and engage our reason to, to sort of enter deeply into this mystery of, of God's being. Um, yeah, and so simply being with God uh, and lifting our mind to heart to Him, that's, that's, that's what prayer truly is, I think. And so um, adoration is a beautiful place that time and time and time again I hear from people, that's, that's where this authenticity, authenticity in prayer began, and the deeper prayer life and the deeper praying of the sacraments began for so many people uh, that I've, I've walked with and heard from. Yeah, very good. We're talking today about authenticity in prayer. How do you be genuine, authentic in prayer? And again, open up your entire heart before the Lord, and uh, which he, of course, he knows about all these things anyway. So why not just be open? Is there something that's keeping you from doing that? Is there an obstacle that you'd like to overcome and you need some advice on? Or maybe you have a way that you can share that what has been really meaningful in your own developing of your relationship with God, some some tips for all of us, give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. 888-914-9149. And again, our email address is innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, when we come to, I've, I've said it a new, numerous times already in the show today, Father, but as when it comes to opening up our hearts before the Lord, you know, there are parts of my life that I'm not proud of, of course. There's uh, there's a sinful, uh, concupiscent parts of my life that uh, that I find it, you know, it's embarrassing. It's, um, it's in some ways, I, I want to keep them in the dark, right? I don't want to let the light shine. And even though I know, intellectually, I know that God knows about all these things in my life, I still... I, I guess I still want or I still maneuver sometimes my prayers to, yeah, to not letting him in to um, really, I, I don't want to talk about that right now, you know, that sort of attitude. So I guess what I'm asking is any advice for um, for letting God into those areas with being truly open, truly vulnerable before the Lord in all the things that he already knows about us anyway. You know, it is such a challenge. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of personal work on this more recently of, of addressing places in my own life that still need healing and uh, need to open uh, to the light of the Lord and bring into the light with Him. And uh, often it's shame, you know, is, is the way we think of it. Like, I, I think shame is that covering over, it's the putting on the fig leaves. It's, it's not walking in that intimacy with the Lord and the quiet part of the evening that we hear about in, in Genesis. You know, it's a withdrawal from God out of shame. And um, again, it, it, I think it begins with um, a realization that it needs to be done, right? Because if I want to be whole, if I want to be healthy, if I want to be restored, if I want to be um, really happy or fulfilled, 
this is work that needs to happen. And um, the Lord doesn't force us. He invites us, and we, he freely invites us to open up, to become vulnerable, to show him where it hurts. Uh, and that comes from a place of trust. And so it's the encounter with Jesus who looks upon us with love, the contemplative gaze you talked about a minute ago, that begins to allow us to soften the heart, to let go of the things, uh, to bring those things into the light. And so if you're struggling in a place of, of vulnerability, of, of dealing with those things, or sort of that false idea that somehow I'm already past this, right? You know, we sometimes think, okay, I've already dealt with that. I've already forgiven, you know? And, uh, you know, to sit in the presence of the Lord and let Him be the one who leads that, to let in the presence of God, the things in your heart rise up, and to pay attention to to the thoughts and the feelings and the desires that surface, um, and to be open with that fundamental willing what God wills, right? Whatever, Lord, you want to bring to mind or heart right now and to address, I'm ready and willing. Yeah. And let the Lord, and if so, if he brings up a memory, he brings up a hurt, he brings up a, a place um, where you've, you've sort of covered yourself over with shame, uh, let the Lord invite, and then try your best um, to open that place to the Lord and just simply say, Lord, I, I hurt so much, uh, but shine your light into this dark place. I invite you in, and then let the Lord act. Yeah. You know what I really like about that, Father? Our spiritual director again, Father Craig DeYoung, a, a pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish in Austin, Texas. And, Father, what I really like about that is, um, you know, oftentimes when it comes to intercessions, especially petitions, um, you know, I can come with my laundry list of things that I want to make sure and mention before the Lord. But one of the things that I really like about that, about letting the Lord lead is, I mean, it gives, it gives him the, the, it gives him the controls, right? It, it turns it over to him. It says, Hey Lord, what do you want to talk about? What, where do you want to go in my life and give me the grace to be open to that? So I, I that's what I understand is, is what you're, what you're suggesting that we invite the Lord to do. And, and he knows the right timing for it, too. Mm, um, yeah. In my life, I've, I've gone through phases of healing and um, in my own spiritual journey, my conversion to the faith, my seminarian formation as a priest, things surface at different times. And the Lord always knows the right time to really address it and to bring the healing. And, um, you know, if we're not ready, uh, we may not be ready, but the Lord knows that. He knows the best way to save us. He knows the best way to heal us. He's the divine physician. And so to have faith and hope and trust in the Lord that uh, he knows the best way to love you and to make you a saint. Um, so turning it over to the Lord is, um, you know, I think, I think that's an ongoing thing so often for us. But the more often we do that and make the habit of doing that, uh, I, think, I think we'll be uh, very pleased <laughs> right, yeah, with the yeah, results. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you, Father. Let's go now back to the phones. Brian calling in from Austin, Texas. Brian, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. You bet. I was wondering, I struggle a little bit with uh, focus. I got kind of ADD, and so when I pray a lot, I want to focus, but I get distracted a lot. And I was wondering um, what the repetition of prayers sometimes do also, because it seems to happen more while I'm saying the same old thing. I do the rosary every morning um, on the way to work, and that's where I find myself drifting off a little bit. Well, Brian, I appreciate the question. Um, I actually struggle a little bit with ADHD as well, uh, since I was a child even. And um, 
you know, I think uh, part of that is self-knowledge, knowing the things that are distracting for you and, and trying your best to create an environment um, where those distractions don't come up. Um, but then, too, um, in the distraction, sometimes the Lord is drawing our mind to a place where he wants to encounter us. So, you know, if a particular thought keeps coming back to you, maybe that's the place to pause, to have the conversation with the Lord and say, Lord, this thought keeps coming up or this situation or this problem that I'm dealing with. Uh, Lord, what, can you be in it with me? Can you can you uh, do you have anything you want to say to me here? Um, but also then things like with the rosary, um, you know, I think um even how we prepare to pray, you know, setting aside the distractions, breathing, um, even uh, the way we eat or exercise or get sleep can help us to be more present in, in prayer, some of the physical aspects. Um, but I found that the scriptural rosary helps me a lot with sort of the ADHD aspect. I need something for my mind to grasp on. I need something to think about and to chew on um, when I'm thinking about when I'm praying with the Lord. And so, you know, a scriptural rosary has a scripture verse for every bead of the rosary. And maybe you don't have time to do a full rosary like that, but maybe you just do a decade of the rosary with a scripture verse between each rosary that pertains to the mystery you're praying with. And that might help you to remain focused as well, to have something to kind of focus in on. Another thing might be having um, a formed intention in prayer for for somebody to say, okay, I'm going to give my full attention to this because I want to offer this prayer for so-and-so that is hurting or suffering or in need, or even an atonement for my own sins um, mm. could be something that, that helps us to focus back in. Uh, I hope that's helpful, Brian. Yeah. And just for, I appreciate the call, Brian, and wonderful advice, Father. I love the the practicalities of your advice. And uh, just one thing to tag on there, too. I found really, um, especially as I, if I try to pray the rosary while I'm driving, if you have the relevant radio app, Brian, um, check out the 28-minute versions of the rosary where Father Rocky actually offers a meditation before each he begins each mystery because that really helps me to focus in and kind of put myself in the scene. It really helps with the mystery there. So if you haven't checked that out, check it out on the relevant radio app. We're talking about being authentic in prayer and developing our relationship with God with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. If you are seeking advice on how to grow deeper in your relationship with God, how to be more authentic in prayer, give us a call. We'd love to have you on the air, 888 914-914-9-888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to head into our next break. we got more of the show coming up and more conversation to have, more of your phone calls coming up right after the short break. So stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest. We are back here on The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich and Miranda Sinaceros, who are producing the show today, and Gabby Burke taking your phone calls. And to our spiritual director as well, Father Craig DeYoung, is leading us through a discussion on authenticity in prayer. And uh, it hasn't happened in 100 years. What am I talking about? Well, I tell you what, go on over to relevantradio.com slash encounter and check it out because there's powerful short stories of lives changed by Christ as told by Father Rocky in beautiful, timeless locations. You can sign up to receive a new video every week 
for the next 33 weeks. Deepen your love for Christ in the Eucharist and find out this week what hasn't happened in 100 years. Let's go back to the phones now, Father. We've got Renato, who's calling in from Paraguay. Buenos dias, Renato. Welcome. Thanks for calling in. Hey. Hey, buenos dias. Hi, how are you? And um, thank you for uh, getting my call. Thank you, Patrick, and thank you, Father Craig. I was um, want, wanted to ask, uh, Father, if you would uh, agree with me, or if, what do you think, if uh, the Holy Mass is perhaps uh, the most complete form of prayer, meaning... Uh, that in, involves uh, a lot of what you were mentioning, uh, scriptures on one side, the, then there is a the meditation, meaning the homily. Then you have, uh, of course, med- uh, the the the, um, uh, the Lord being present there as in adoration. And then, of course, you can even uh, uh, have communion. So would it be a, a, an appropriate way of defining the Mass as perhaps uh, the most perfect form of uh, prayer? Renato, you nailed it. Absolutely. Um, the Mass is uh, the perfect worship in, uh, to God, and it's actually God's gift to us so that we can pray properly, that we can worship God properly. Um, our human efforts of itself is incomplete, and we could not offer a perfect prayer and worship to the Lord. And so God himself became a man and uh, offered this perfect worship to God that now we're invited to partake of. And so, yes, all forms of prayer, all ways of praying are present in the Mass, and um, we can we can learn how to pray by praying the Mass well. And we can learn to pray the Mass well by practicing prayer uh, during the course of our days and our weeks as well. Mm. Renato, thank you so much for that. Thank you for calling from so far away and listening to the show on the app and grateful for our international listeners, certainly wherever you may be. Thank you for listening to the show and uh, tuning in today and for calling in, Renato. And uh, what a great comment, too, that uh, in the Mass and really the sacraments all seem to afford a great place for for developing our relationship with God, no surprise there, but also for authentic prayer as well, which I think will be mirrored here by David, who's calling in from Minnesota. David, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling The Inner Life. Greetings. Uh, Father was talking earlier about uh, the great healer and so forth, and, I was, and I take, I'll take Ronaldo and go from the, the greatest form of Mass to the next greatest is that the sheer power of the confessional. And I always love that sheer moment when I'm done confessing and there's just that brief second of silence and I always think of the scriptures that God comes in the silence. And I think at that moment that then that Jesus is right there with us in that silence as, you know, I'm done talking and now waiting for Father to to continue on. And I think the power of the confessional is another form of prayer that we need in our lives that far too many of us don't uh, take advantage of, of hearing of God's great mercy for us in that quiet time of, of confession. David, uh, again, I'm just so grateful for, for, for you and for all of our callers who have called in because, again, you guys are, are nailing it. I mean, the sacraments, the primary actor is Christ, and so every sacrament is an encounter with Jesus. And so uh, prayer is, in many ways, um, I mean, 
every sacrament is prayer. And we're praying in our sort of private lives and our devotions and even communally, also that we can encounter Christ in the sacramental life. And and uh, it's that that's the heart of it. And especially if we're wanting authenticity, confession is a key sacrament. It keeps us humble because we examine our consciences. We humble ourselves before the Lord. We trust and confess His mercy as well as our sins. We receive His grace. We breathe it in. And that, that moment of silence you've talked about. I, I always experience that after confession is fully over and I should have away and I'm now processing what has happened. Um, that for me is, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a great moment of intimacy and uh, consolation for me and encouragement to me to continue on the path of authenticity. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I agree with you, Father. Our callers are nailing it. And uh, David, great, uh, great, Great encouragement, great testimony, too, about the power of confession and developing authenticity in prayer. And, Father, with your comments, yeah, you're right. That's a place of humility. It's a place of being honest, being authentic with ourselves. And I, I can't think of any other time that would be so profoundly authentic as saying, yeah, this is where this is where I am. This is what, uh, what I've done, and yet I'm being open before you, Lord, because I need you. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. Wonderful, wonderful question, wonderful comment that we're having here as we're talking about authenticity in prayer and developing our relationship with God with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. Again, if you'd like to get on the air, we've got a few minutes left, 888-914-9149. How have you developed an authentic prayer life? 888-914-9149. Just reflecting a little bit on David's comment about confession and everything and, and opening up all parts of our lives, even those parts that you were talking before, Father, that can be shameful, uh, can can feel that way anyway in our lives. Where might we expect to find healing in prayer once we've shown the Lord our true selves? Well, um, you know, my journey has been such that um, if I sit long enough in silence, um, listening mind and heart to God and become aware of the Lord looking on, on me with love, and then sort of share my woundedness, my hurts uh, with God, usually what will happen is is at some point, maybe not immediately, maybe it's over a course of a period of time, some memory, um, some experience that I've had uh, will rise to the surface. And when that happens, um, you know, relating that to the Lord, acknowledging what that experience was in truth, whether it's your fault or the faults of others, or usually it's a combination of both of those things, um, recognizing how that, that truly made you feel, how it's impacted your thinking, uh, what you desire or wish would have happened in that memory. And then, um, you know, relating that to the Lord and sharing that with Jesus through a conversation and then inviting him in and to speak to it. What does he say? What does he want to say to us about ourselves, about him, about that situation? And then, um, you know, responding to the Lord from that with gratitude, with thanksgiving, with praise, or maybe some resolution to forgive um, or to ask for forgiveness from another, if appropriate. Um, you know, that's, that's what's happened for me in my own healing journey is, is, um, the Lord has helped me to revisit some of these places of wounds in my life. And sometimes multiple times I'll get different types of healings out of those moments. Um, but it's always about the letting the Lord lead and, and bring those places up. Uh, but I've, I found that to be very fruitful. Sometimes it'll happen too through scripture or conversation with a, a holy friend, a virtuous friend, um, that the Lord speaks to those places of hurt or, um, in a certain sense, counteracts the hurt that we've have experienced. You know, so if you've been rejected, well, maybe your friend choosing you in that moment and being present and spending 
parts of you becomes a healing for that place of woundedness as well. So there's, there's lots of different ways the Lord works, but that, those have been my experience. Yeah, very good. Thank you for that, Father. And one of the things that I've noticed in my own life, too, when it comes to uh, developing my own prayer life and deepening, therefore, my relationship with God is that, uh, you know, I'm not doing this in a vacuum. I'm learning from people who have, de- have developed their prayer lives well. I'm listening to them, and I'm saying, oh, yeah, okay, I see, and this is a better mode of conversation with the Lord, and I can move into that place, strive to move into that place. I'm just thinking, how do we learn from others how to pray, but maybe specifically from the saints, any, uh, if we can you know, read about their prayers, we can read their prayers and see how they prayed, and I assume that would be fruitful for our prayer lives as well. Oh, absolutely. Which uh, actually, uh, you know, I was thinking about recommending a few books. Yeah, please. <laughs> and uh, but but one of them that specifically speaks to that is one by uh, Dr. Ralph Martin, uh, which is the fulfillment of all desire. And he actually goes through the spiritual masters and and brings those things together um, to help us to learn from the saints. And uh, that that work is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it really brings some of the best of our spiritual tradition and some of the spiritual masters to bear on that particular question. Um, another work that I found fruitful has been uh, Brant Petrie's Introduction to the Spiritual Life. Uh, it really sort of shows how the life of prayer develops out of, of, of Scripture, which, you know, he's, he's so gifted at. And um, the last one I've, I've really just made a huge impact on me in the last year is Searching for and Maintaining Interior Peace, or uh, Searching for and Maintaining Peace by Father Jacques Philippe. And those works have, have in a real way sort of condensed all of the things that I've learned about prayer um, and still am learning. I'm a work in progress, just like the rest of us, um, over the course of my life. And, um, you know, another place to learn from is, is if you have a spiritual director, um, you know, it, it, not everyone needs needs one all the time. But, um, you know, I, I met with my spiritual director this morning uh, via phone. Uh, but it was it was just so enriching and so fruitful. It helps it helps me to to continue to learn and grow in my own spiritual life. Yeah, yeah, great advice too. And it's always a it's a pleasure to uh, always receive book recommendations. My stack is rather large right now, and I'm I'm you know whittling it down. But uh, still, I mean, but there are at least I find in my own life there are seasons where I feel like you know what I really need to grow in this. But I do remember one of the pieces of advice that I got. This was early on in my in my Christian life of seeking books, seeking references and resources on prayer. And I remember uh, receiving the advice from a woman whose faith I admired. Said, "Well, um, I think the greatest spiritual prayer masters would say the best way to move forward in prayer in prayer is to pray." Would you agree with that, Father? Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Like, you know, you can't, uh, it's hard to do prayer wrong. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I, I think the only, I think one of the, the major mistakes I've made in prayer though, is sitting in silence and thinking to myself about God and calling that prayer. Um, but even that was not fruitless. Um, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to, to lift mind and heart and to pray. And, and you learn how to pray by praying. Um, just in a certain sense, you learn how to walk by walking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes total sense to me too, that, yeah, we need to, uh, we need to practice it. And like you said, um, it's hard to pray badly. So <laughs> very good. Father, this has been a, a really helpful discussion. Lots of good practical advice, as well as lots of um, good things to chew on, good things to think about. As you know, we always like to end the show with a blessing. If you could provide that for us, please, Father, that would be great. Almighty God would bless all our listeners, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Again, our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung, has been leading us through a discussion on authenticity in prayer, getting to know the Lord better and better by being our authentic and true selves before him. He knows it all anyway, so might as well open him up and see where he wants to go in your life to bring healing, hope, and his love. If you know somebody who needs to hear the show, please go to relevantradio.com slash inner life and share it out there. You can listen again there as well. Coming up after the show today, we've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Rich Getchel. After that, a little Jesus 101 and uh, grace and peace.